So, Paul, you published a book over the, I think, about two years ago, right? Yes. What was that book called? Company of One. And how many people work at Fathom? Two, I guess two and a bit now. All right, so let's get the exciting news out of the way. Um, In the intro, I said two and a bit people work for Fathom. The and a bit is because we have hired a contractor on retainer, which I'm very excited about. She's one of the best GDPR experts in the world, and her name is Re, and she's pretty great. We've worked with her on an internal GDPR audit, And we wanted to continue working with her just because we spend a lot of time thinking about compliance and she knows way more than we could ever hope to know. And she obviously knows more than probably anybody (laughs) knows more than anyone on on compliance. Yeah. Yeah. And she runs, she runs a company uh, teaching GDPR and she's focused on all that stuff, but we obviously wanted to work with her and she loves Fathom. So it was a really good fit and we're fortunate enough to be able to hire her. Yeah, and the way that we've hired her, I guess, falls in line with the company of one uh, methodology of we wanted a person who is basically the best at the job that we needed them for, in this case, GDPR compliance and and privacy law um, knowledge. And typically, the best people um, in uh, any specific niche or industry don't want to work for somebody else. Just like you and I, somebody could offer us a whole bunch of money to work for for their company and we would probably say no. I, I guess I just probably. said that you and I are both the best in our own industry. I'm just going <laughs> to keep going because I'll, I'll go with that for right this second. But I think that we don't need unemployed. Like she has her own thing. She's doing her own thing. She has a successful business. And we basically are paying her on contract on a retainer. So we have access to her um, every month, right? And I think that makes sense because she can keep doing her successful business. We can keep going. We don't have to worry about HR stuff. We don't have to worry about we're, we've hired this uh, European person to work for us. We've just created uh, the best case scenario, I think, for everybody involved where we can just hire a contractor who has the most knowledge of anybody we've ever talked to or or met on the internet and is able to do the exact work that we need from them. Yeah, and the position she's filling is the privacy officer position. And the reason that's important is, as I said, we spend a lot of time on compliance going into all the laws. And whilst we can we can attempt to interpret laws and we've dug in deep, we're not experts. And we don't have the same network that she does. So we have the reason, oh, this is another thing to do with the whole margin argument. We put margin in our pricing to pay for things like lawyers. Um, she has some incredible connections to lawyers. So when we want to discuss cutting edge ideas, and we haven't spoken about cutting edge ideas, but we have one I'm not going to say any more. We have a cutting edge idea and she's able to connect us to European lawyers who are just incredible. And that's the kind of person we need. So any problem to do with privacy, she can solve it. And I think you've already been approached by one or two people asking 
to be connected with Re because people that are running a business and they're not too hot on the GDPR side of things, they need help and Re's solid. So I will say as yeah. well that Re runs her own business and she's fantastic. And if you do need help and you're not a competitor of Fad, I'm joking, but she's really good. <laughs> she's great. I mean, our competitors couldn't afford her, but that's another story. That's the, that's the margin piece. <laughs> And honestly, yes. and it's funny, you mentioned that tongue in cheek, but that's the margin piece. If you don't have margin in your pricing, you can't pay for things like this. So um, with Fathom, you pay, I mean, Fathom's reasonably priced, but we're certainly not a budget provider. If we were a budget provider, there'd never be a world where we could be doing this kind of thing. And it's important. Like we are dealing with laws that have teeth here. We want to be absolutely certain that our customers are protected. If we tell our customers, you don't need cookie notices, then we have to be absolutely certain that the law is correct because we don't want, like, I wouldn't want customers being sued. So spending money on this is the most important thing for a business like ours because you're a developer, I'm a designer, a writer, neither of us um, spend, neither of us print out new and emerging privacy laws <laughs> and, and read them every night. Yes. <laughs> like Re does. Yeah. Which I think it. it's fine. She is as nerdy about GDPR and privacy as we are about the work that we do, which yeah. is why I think it's such a good fit because she's such a fucking nerd in the best possible way and in the exact same way that you and I are nerds. Yeah, 100%. So we're yeah very pleased to welcome Rhi on board and we're very happy to be working with her. Yeah. Um, what, what, is, what is next on the docket for what we're talking about on this episode? Yeah, so one of the things we did last week was we took a holiday of sorts, whatever that looks like. You were meant to be in Palm Springs, um, mm-hmm. partying with the kids and spring break style, whatever they do over there. But it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, tequila shot luges yeah. and that sort. Do you luge tequila or vodka? I don't, I don't know. No, nope, I'm lost. I'm lost. This is not, no idea. What, a luge, I thought a luge was a type of a boat. I don't know. Nope, I'm lost, man. It's a it's an ice thing. Like you build this big sculpture out of ice, and it has this little divot, like a water slide, that you pour yeah, shots yeah, down, yeah. and somebody puts their mouth. This is all like I don't think these will exist anymore because COVID. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I I also haven't. I don't think I've had a drink of alcohol for ten years, <laughs> so I also don't really. I'm just talking on my ass about ice luges. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was supposed to be. In Palm Springs uh, with my wife sitting by a pool and doing nothing for a couple weeks. And instead, we are at home, um, not doing that and not in the desert. It rained last night as well. I mean, we live in a rainforest, that's expected, but it's also summer, so it shouldn't rain as much as it has been. But you and I both decided to take a break, regardless of still not being able to leave our home because of global pandemics and quarantines and all of that. Yeah, and we just took a break from Fathom intentionally. And honestly, I don't really think we've taken a break since we launched version two. I don't, I feel like it's constantly been discussion happening, a proper break, I mean, where we just don't think about Fathom for a week. We, we didn't we didn't text each other for a couple of days as well which was weird i missed you yeah but yeah we <laughs> we talk about yeah we talk about things constantly and the reason we took a break i mean 
for me i mean you your your mileage may differ for me i just wanted to step away and come back with a fresh headspace before version three because we had so much stuff you have no idea the requests we get the ideas we have paul sends me a hundred ideas a week and i just have to say no 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 yes that's how yes, it works. that's exactly what happens. And we had to go through we had to go through all of these ideas, work out what we were going to include. And to do that kind of stuff, you really need to come in with a fresh head where it's been rested. So that was my reason. And also I got an Xbox because uh yeah, I wanted to I wanted to do something that was and someone someone was like, Why are you going to another screen? And that was a fair point. It wasn't I mean, part of me wants to have the nostalgia of playing video games. But also, I mean, I read a post from Jack McDade, who we mention every podcast episode. He wrote about using video games as a way to clear your mind. And it works. So I played video games for... Um, I was resting in bed for a little while. I was really tired and catching up on some sleep. And then played video games for a few days. And then come... When did we speak? On Tuesday? By Tuesday, yeah. I had just done nothing. Obviously done stuff around the house, that kind of thing. But I'd done nothing in terms of work and i just played video games and i was so kind of pent up just raring to go and you were the same apparently and we handled it yeah we spent probably about three hours on the phone um kind of going through because really i think and we talk about my break as well but i think a lot of it was that we we wanted to have a clear vision for what fathom looks like going forward which is so important, like that's the most important thing as far as planning goes, is how can we balance customer expectations, what people want, what pe- use cases for making it as useful as possible, and what we want our software to look like for what you and I are excited about, what you and I want to build, what makes sense ethically, all of that. And that's, it's, that is a lot of work. That is a lot of thinking through a lot of big ideas and trying to pull them down into practical and I think having a break prior to doing that, very, very, very important. I mean, I didn't spend my break looking at screens because I, I even told you, I'm like, I'm too old to have hobbies that involve screens. <laughs> I spent enough time on a screen at work. So I spent my time riding my e-bikes. Um, shout out to Super 73 and Luna Cycles because those are so. the two e-bikes I have and they're amazing. As well as time in my garden. Um we have grown because we can't leave i could spend a lot of time gardening this year and growing food yesterday i think we we froze about 12 cans worth of tomato sauce which the day before we had spent uh, four or five hours cooking down with um onion onions we grew tomatoes we grew garlic we grew basil we grew yeah so how did the not much screen time for me go uh, no, I don't really like mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, vegan. Oh, you're vegan. Here's some mushrooms. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like mushrooms. How about that? They're too rubbery. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's a, the taste is good, but the consistency oh, so I just them. can't get over. Oh, yeah, I've eaten mushrooms before. Not magic mushrooms, like <laughs> normal edible mushrooms. So Dude, I, can't, I, I don't I've like not, drugs. I'm I've not, not a big seen... fan of drugs, not a big fan of alcohol, not a big fan of anything. I'm really fucking boring. I've actually not seen your garden, but just you have so much vegetable. Uh, so many vegetables growing in there it's just incredible so you were gardening okay yeah and and riding my bike to riding my bike quickly around town yeah i'm not jealous i'm not jealous at all i love riding up hills past you know those guys who are like in their 
spandex suits with their crazy <laughs> helmets that are pointy at the back yeah, and their fancy and bikes. Yeah, exactly. I love, and it's, it's, it's an unfair comparison, I realize, but just like going full throttle on the electric motor, just like ripping <laughs> past them. I feel like, I feel like, um, like in my, and I can relate this to a video game. I can feel like in, in Mario, when you get a coin, like bling, 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 or that thing when you update uh, Statamic versions, it oh, makes yeah. a little um, nostalgic video game noise because, of course, it does because it's Jack McDade. Um, yeah, so I feel like that happens whenever I, I rip past, like, real cyclists. I'm not a real cyclist. I just like to fuck around on my e-bikes. So Paul spent his week off bullying cyclists. I spent my time off... And tomatoes. I bullied tomatoes, oh, bullied tomatoes and killed too. them. Yeah, for me, it was rest and, and a, bit of, a bit of gaming and family time. So yeah, we come into version three and we've got, we've got so many documents. We've got, I've got a to-do list of things that I collect from support. Paul's got his ideas. And it's a case of how do we get this into a spec that we're going to be able to convert into a, a action items, to-do items? Because that's what we did in version two. We had so many ideas everywhere and we had to trim it down and say, okay, what's going to be in this version and what are the... I guess deliverables, if you like, is deliverables, the actionables, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, the action items. And right now we have agreed on the spec. We we had a few disagreements, mostly around UTM tags, about how we want to do it because <laughs> Paul's biggest concern, and as the designer, Paul cares about this the most, we don't want to make the dashboard ugly and not simple because a lot of our customers don't care about UTM tags. But at the same time, the other side of the argument is that there are people coming into Fathom who want to move away from Google Analytics and want to move to a more privacy-focused service, but they have links out there that they want to be able to track. So we went back and forth and we sort of realized that, well, the conclusion was that we could actually convert them around to a different way of doing it, but we just need to find a way to do backward compatibility. Yeah. And, uh, as for how that stands with version three that's sort of an unknown that's probably the only unknown we've put it to the postponed pile i believe but i still say that's unknown what do you what do you think i mean it's not i'm looking at our document it's in the v3 pile not Is the postponed really? pile well there yes. you go i take it back i haven't got it open right now okay good well then uh, well okay so here ut i'm just looking at the document here utm discussion is in the post v3 releases but the way that we were going to and i'll just say it the way that we were way we were thinking and don't hold us to this but the way that we were thinking was that goals could exist as url parameters is in the v3 pile where you could drill down into the goals and you could get what we do is we'd map utm to something that is non-utm because one of the reservations we have is utm feels a lot like google mm-hmm. and we can do it in a much more simple way and we we've i think we've said before we've spoken to someone john henshaw who you may know that's really, another um fathom above board bingo as we mentioned jack mcdade and john henshaw <laughs> and brian lovin is also one as well there you go yes oh miguel yes yeah, so we spoke to him and he had some really good ideas so really we just have to get the right formula for this and that's why we're sort of this is the one piece that we're still not firm on but we will be firm on by the time we launch v3 or shortly afterwards yeah. realistically Yes. So we got this list together. We went. We've got a two point five, which is ongoing things, Dynamo DB, um, Elasticsearch, that kind of stuff. Um, 
fixing gra the graph on mobile, something we discussed today. But then we've got the V3 pile and the V3 pile consists of all sorts of good things like page drill downs, referrer drill downs, that kind of stuff, all the, all the good stuff. And then once we've got that, we can then convert that into an actual spec. We both agree on the spec and then Paul will probably have the design stuff done way ahead of me implementing a lot of it. Paul's already done loads of the design stuff. It's, it's beautiful. You're going to love it. And then once we get onto the programming side, Paul will step back into the marketing and everything else and I'll focus on the programming. So we've got a, a cool team going on here. We we kind of support each other in different ways and move in, I moved into support when Paul was designing and we just, we bat back and forth, really. Yeah, I'm excited for... Um a lot of these things that were just minor tweaks, some of them, and, and major tweaks, uh, some of them. And it's still, it, it's hard, right? Because you don't want to just keep adding every feature to your product because I, I don't want to end up with Google Analytics, basically. I don't want to end up with a Google Analytics um, competitor uh, in, in terms of feature set. Yeah. Because I don't think that most of the features in Google Analytics are useful to most people. I think that people, and here's the thing too, right, that, that Jack and I kind of have to weigh, is that as Fathom exists now, we see great growth, great customer adoption, people using it as it is and being 100% happy with it. And that kind of tempers the, oh my God, we need to do all of these things right now and get them launched and we need to push ourselves really hard, which isn't good for us and isn't good for the business. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's still, there's still some key things like, like, like being able to track URL parameters, UTMs or whatever they are in some degree and a few other things yeah. where we feel like we just want Fathom to have a couple more of these major features where we can feel like, okay, the value that we give for Fathom right now, we feel like is really good. And obviously people agree because they pay for Fathom. But there's just a few more things that we want to add that feel like, holy smokes, having these things would just make it so much more of a no-brainer to just be using Fathom instead of um, some non-privacy-focused analytics platform or any other uh, analytics yeah. platform yeah making the move easier is a big one there but when you talk about value mm -hmm. and making it more comprehensive and getting to that point because we still have some things like the page level drill down that's a huge one being able yeah. to know which referrers on which days sent uh, what you traffic to a certain page how a page performs over time all of these things people want to see so we, we can't we get agree. complacent <laughs> but we can't yeah we can't get we can't get complacent, but we can't go to the opposite extreme of let's just keep adding tons and tons and tons of features. You have to be smart about it and you have to think through everything and, que and question everything, which we do and we will mm -hmm. continue to do. And that comes down to as well, the, the way that we run our business, uh, coming back to that again as a like bootstrapped independent company. If we had investors, then they would be pushing for all of the features all the time and ramping up the growth that we have and, and doing all these things. And I don't think the product itself would be better for it. Like, I, I, I think that the way that we do it kind of slow and methodical makes more sense for the benefit of the product long term than just having like an influx of cash to but actually <laughs> and we talked about this before like if we had an influx of cash we're already both working on fathom full-time so we would both keep working on fathom full-time with more money i wouldn't i, I wouldn't know, hire it, it wouldn't a make sense or developer. i mean i can't 
No. There's nothing there. No. Nothing which, yeah, like I said before, I could spend it personally. I couldn't spend it in the business. Sam, I mean, there's more e-bikes I want. There's exactly. probably more Xbox games you want, but... Dude, I tell you, gaming's weird, right? Gaming is... I haven't played games in a long time, and it's very weird coming back to it. Because when you're working on things in, I guess, in the real world, any achievements you get in a game kind of feel meaningless. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that. But when you were a kid... When I was a kid and I played these games and there was progression in the game... It was really fun and you felt accomplished. And then now I don't get anything from it. It's very strange. So I tried to play a few games and I just thought, kind of like, what's the point? And that's not meant to sound depressing, but it was very interesting. <laughs> Whereas if I code something on Fathom or I, you know, you're changing, it sounds very grandiose, but you're changing the world. <laughs> you're making people's lives better. Um, I think that I get more satisfaction out of that. So yeah, gaming doesn't really do it for me in the same way. But I like the nostalgia. I like playing with friends. So that's what it comes yeah. down to. And I've got friends in the UK and it's nice to play a bit of Xbox with them, that kind of thing. And it's still a break. I think that breaks are important. And we're not, nobody is pushing us to perform like 16 hours a day and, and make things happen. We, we obviously want to make things happen and we want to keep progressing forward. But there isn't this this unrealistic push from external sources to to do that at the expense of our own health yeah right like exactly. and we both like you probably would have gone on vacation too if the pandemic wasn't happening right oh, yeah. so like i had i had planned on not working for an amount of time and that didn't happen but that doesn't mean i still i should i still shouldn't take a break staycation as they call it yeah Exactly. Which, I mean, it's kind of a shitty staycation because I, we haven't kind of left for six months. So I don't really want a staycation, but it's what I get. So I have to be okay with it. And at least I have my bikes. You do. I'm having a staycation today, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. I guess I'll do support. There's <laughs> a play on words and no one's going to get that. If you get that, then you can send me a message. No, I have no idea what you mean. Version 3 is going fantastically. And yes, so we took a vacation, we hired Re. Version 3 is going fantastically. And yeah, we're just, we feel really good after Tuesday. I think, and a credit to Paul, he was the one that sort of pulled it back because I had a lot of things in my head that I wanted to include in version 3. And it's like, do we keep postponing, or not postponing, but do we push the launch date further into the future just to have more things in V3. And we actually said prior that we never want to do that. We want to have a new major release when it makes sense. Paul's spicing up the design. It makes sense to have a V3 refactoring's happening. But we don't just want to keep adding things and pushing it further and further back. And we're very, we're very mindful of that. And we became mindful of that when we were doing version two. So Paul pulled that back. So you can thank him for reining that in because you'll get version three much sooner than you would have done. Yeah, and I think it I think just having a, a more manageable list of features. I think having a list that is so big, it's too daunting, right? Like it's not I can't write write a book and put it on my to-do list. That's going to stress <laughs> me out. It's going to make me overwhelmed. It's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to work on that today. I I don't have 3000 hours to spend on that today, so I'm just yeah. not going to do it. Whereas if you break your list up um, to a, a, a more manageable list, then it's like, okay, I can work on that today. I, like, I can get this one feature worked on today and feel accomplished when I finish it. Mm -hmm. 
then I think that really helps move the needle forward. And now that we can offload all of our um, all of our privacy law stuff to oh, Re, because yeah. that's what she does, you and I don't have to talk about it um, all day, every day. And that is what I'm most looking forward that, to. That only it's, happened for a period of time. But yeah, yeah, that does happen more than we'd like it to. And that's just the thing. So we're, we were spending lots of time on privacy, digging into the laws, that kind of thing. We haven't got time for that. So Bree's going to save yeah. us a lot of time. Now, and she knows it way better than we do anyway. She does, so exactly. It's a win-win. So Paul, talking about work, how is your work machine? Uh, my, the iMac that won't die, but also won't work perfectly. If this episode actually gets released, I'm going to be surprised. Because it doesn't always record when I click record. So I have an iMac. I think it's a, I think it's a 2016, maybe 2017. It's not that old. It doesn't work very well, and it doesn't work consistently, and it's my only work computer, which is annoying. Um, I have replaced the SSD hard drive. I took the screen off. I did the whole like surgery on the iMac. It seems to work a bit better. I don't get the... The blinking folder with the question mark in it, just shutting my whole computer down, uh, where I have to reformat and reinstall everything. But it still doesn't work 100% right. So I ran a survey um, on Twitter uh, yesterday. Uh, well, yesterday as when we're recording it. Um, whenever you're listening to it, it wouldn't be yesterday. Um, and so I said, should I wait for the ARM refresh for an iMac? to buy one or should i just buy the new eight core i7 and 53.3 percent said i should just buy (laughs) the imac that was released this week um the the first week of august i guess which was surprising to me i thought most people would be like i'll wait for the arm refresh but i don't think the 27 is going to get an arm refresh for at least a year or so because the 23 inch is probably going to get that first probably Uh but people were people made a good point though they're like do you want a a Gen 1 for your main work computer? Or do you want a more proven computer that's like a Gen 8 or 9 at this point um, for your main work computer? And that makes it tricky. I mean, being the, <laughs> being the designer, I'm like, but if they redesign the way the iMac looks, I want that one because it's yeah. going to look different. And I've been yeah. looking at this version of an iMac for... However, I probably bought um, my first iMac in this version whenever it came out. I don't like to, I don't like to, it also, like, Mac is, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Mac does a good job of making you want more Macs, even though the Mac you have doesn't work well. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I've been through so many MacBook Pros that I don't even use them anymore because they're, they're, they've all been pieces of shit for me, and I just don't care about laptops. Um, and iMacs, this iMac has been nothing but problems ever since AppleCare ran out, which is funny. Um, but I'm going to buy another one. Like, I, I'm going to buy... They're good uh, I'm not learning my lesson. Well, they, my, my MacBook Pro, dude, it lasted for nine years. 2011 yeah. I got it. it lasted for nine years multiple jobs you, you heard how loud it was it just yeah. it still hung in there and the only reason I moved to the Mac Mini I think I don't know why I'd, just, oh because it was just going to be faster with compiling Ember.js I think that was the reason <laughs> so. yeah and I mean I do audio and video up uh, editing not as my main job obviously but I do that enough that 
this computer, even outside of the issues, is slow. So I don't know. Should I buy an iMac today? I don't even, or yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I have no idea. But good luck. Good luck deciding. Anything else to add for this week of Above Board? No, I, I'm happy. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. I, I'll be happy if this episode gets released because the recording on my end actually worked. Sounds good. And I'd like to say thank you to everyone who went out and bought Monster Energy drinks um, and all that jazz. We do appreciate it, and thank you for your continued support. I mean, is it? I'm a shareholder in Monster Energy now, a significant shareholder. Yes. So is that insider? Am I going to get in trouble um, with the FCC? No, no secrets. There's no secrets. Okay, You're, okay, good. Yes. Okay, I just, I just wanted to make sure since I'm a majority shareholder in Monster Energy now. Yeah, no, you're that. fine. Don't worry okay. about it. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs>